Demons Discuss, Take 21, the one with the dream in the dungeon. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Making noise somewhere is Jean. Hi, Jean. Hi, Angela. Hi, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got going on over there? Oh, I just figured out what I got rid of that thing on my screen. By hammering it out? What? (laughs) Were you beating it? Yes, I actually was beating on my laptop screen because there was a loose connection where the hinges. Oh, okay. Fucking Hewlett Packard. Buy a Mac. Did I say that? Oh, shit. That's the pill. Yeah, you did say that. You did say that. I, the phone is the first thing to change, though. Uh, okay. So, audience. <laughs> Hello. We didn't forget you were there. Hi, we're um, here. <laughs> we're talking about uh, chapters 26. Yeah, 26 through 29. Through 29. Right. The reason why we didn't go five chapters, we went four, is we wanted to afford Baldwin the proper entrance and discussion. Correct? That is correct. Is this why we made this choice? We, we went through the full, ki- we'll go through the full kidnapping today, but then we will start the rescue at the beginning instead of in the middle. Right. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So it's not so, just because of Baldwin. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's because of Baldwin. Stick my tongue out at you, Val. <laughs> Baldwin is my reason. There wasn't a demon kiss. Baldwin is clearly my vote for why we why we cut the chapters where we did. But well, I just want to do chapter thirty through thirty two next time. But Val said no. No, Val's mean. We have discussed our emails, guys. Val's. Let's quit, quit messing around. Jesus, Val's a meanie. She's a meanie. <laughs> okay, so discuss your emails. Who's going first, guys? I shall go first. I will go first. Yay. Okay. Okay. Mine's from Root. Uh, her first part actually goes to our prior episode, uh, uh, Demons Discussed Take 19. Matthew finally giving in, telling Diana he loves her. The magic, the I loves you, their time together. Matthew taking his time. Well, later on, we find out he was afraid because of his blood rage and all. Simply perfect. However, when things are this perfect, something has to happen. And Satu did. Diana being kidnapped. I can only imagine Matthew's guilt when he woke up. At the same time, it shows us how strong Diana is. The talk with her mother was amazing. Guess that's all. Root. Thanks, Root. Shouts out, Root. And who do we have next? Uh, I have Angela, our New England Angela. And I'm just going to read an excerpt from her email. Um, And since Discovery Witches is about the mothers, I'm going to read her uh, references to the mothers. Um, She says, I especially found the part on page 331 interesting. This is why you're always losing at chess, Matthew. Isabel shook her finger at him. Like Diana, the queen has almost unlimited power. You insist on surrounding her and leaving yourself vulnerable. This is not a game, however, and her weakness puts us all at risk. Little did we know that Isabel's reference to the game of chess would come back into play in the Book of Life. I can't not even under- understand how Deb kept this theme going from a discovery of witches all the way through the end. It's almost almost as though she, the entire series was intended to be one big chess game with all the back and forths. The other mother reference is about Rebecca, and she says this part on page 376 held so many important de- little details that would come back later on in Diana's path to discovering just how much power she held inside of her. But as Rebecca said, Diana forgot about the ribbons and forgot her magic too. And then the prince, in parentheses Matthew, and the three witches would come to get her. But with the flick of the fingers, Rebecca made Diana soar through the air and into the arms to tell her she was her greatest secret. I think those are both good observations. Thank you, Angela. Thanks, Angela. Shouts out. And uh, mine is from Stephen. Of course, from Stephen. We always hear from Stephen. Of course, from Stephen. Stephen always has something to say. Right. So here's what he says. Hello, demons, and greetings again from an unseasonably hot England. As I mentioned in an earlier message, I previously believed that Gillian Chamberlain met her end when Matthew returned to Oxford following the break-in attempt at the lab. Upon reading chapter 29, I picked up on the comment from Satu to Diana. 
Claremont killed her. It's why he took you away from Oxford so quickly. This now explains, in parentheses, he says, to me, what Matthew was up to earlier in the story when he left a sedated Diana in the care of Marcus. As Satchu reported, Claremont's too smart to leave evidence, and he made it look like a suicide. This may be why the death was not picked up from Isabeau's newspapers. Take care, and thank you again for the serenade in podcast episode 17. Stephen. And thank you, Stephen. And uh, um, you both knew, you both picked up that Matthew took care of Jillian right after he left her in Oxford with Marcus, right? That was always, yeah, it was always my immediate assumption. So, all right. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the revelation, Stephen. Yep. That's how we saw it the whole time. So it kind of lets me know that other people interpret or see or maybe see the events or sequences, sequences of events differently. So we'll have to keep that in mind. And uh, especially when we're discussing the books, that's why we try to talk about how we saw it and the the timeliness of the events. So we can get everybody on the right. same page. Yeah. So that kinda, was good. It kind of ties in. It kind of ties into with this episode. We'll get into it in a little bit, but the the tracking of the scent, and I think that's what we picked up on when it was oh, the discovered salt that the Matthew or cinnamon. No, the no the, oh, the um, taste. That's the, the scent on the envelope that Diana received. Yes, <gasps> we ah. figured Matthew must have picked up on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in chapter twenty six, we left off with Diana saying goodbye to Matthew over the phone. He tells her that he loves her, and Diana said, "Say that to my face." And he took up the challenge and. And he came back. And so she was pacing in the salon, driving Isabel and Mark crazy. And go. Here's the crunch of the of the tires. This was a very lovey-dovey episode. Although I have to say I had loved it when Isabel pulled out the Angela slap to the face. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> How dare you say that to me? That was oh, brilliant. That was even That was even better than a snort. Yeah. Brilliant. It was brilliant. An incredibly uh, European mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She was perfectly European. Yes. Something my mother would do. How dare you, smack. (laughs) It's not just in the movies. It's for real. How how dare you question my love for you? I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that's exactly what she did, Uh, though. (laughs) Yep. It, yep. was, it, it was really a snap out of it moment. You're right. That's right. <laughs> so they had their little lovey-dovey episode. And one thing I did note was where he touched her was the same place where we see later on in the Book of Life where the heart vein lies. So is that part of marking for mating? I just think he was being sentimental and foreshadowing. Mm. I'm sorry. I just sucked all the fun out of that, didn't I? Wait. Yeah. Uh, what is your, do you have the quote or what is your, your note? Uh, my note. Let's see. Or, or sh- can you explain, elaborate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he stroked the pulse in my neck and floated his hand to cut my breast. Now stroking the fabric between my arm and my heart. So oh. uh, my note was, do you remember in the Book of Light, the heart vein where yes. he took her blood yes. and the whole vampire ritual of taking a mate's blood right in that particular spot? So no, yeah. I do think it has something to do with it because in yeah. Shadow of the, in Shadow of Night, he remember when on their wedding night he bows his head and he stops with a jagged breath right by her heart and then he doesn't continue there, but right. only to find out later on about the the heart vein ritual. So yeah. I think that is a little bit of um of the ritual, right? The mm-hmm. temptation, maybe not ritual, but the temptation. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it may tie back into the uh, whole uh, your your blood sings for me from yes. earlier, right? Yeah, I just yeah. thought it was yep. a response to you know her grabbing his ass, you know, because she kind of just says, "Yeah, not 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 so fast," and she grabs his ass <laughs> and pulls him towards <laughs> towards her. And I was like, when I initially read this chapter, I thought, "Oh man, they're just you know going at it." And is it hand, handsy? Very handsy. Handsy in the courtyard. <laughs> I don't even see it so much sexual on his part. I just feel like he's always bridling himself and pulling himself back. And I think that was his 
um, primal instinct to like want to have her, consume her. And right. um, he, he stopped himself. He's always stopping himself, even like I said, on their wedding night. Yeah, that's true. So that was one thing that stuck out to me this time that didn't stick out to me. Let's say the first reads where I could go back and put it together. I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't that where he took yeah. her blood? So interesting. Well, and even something about Isabel struck me in the same scene is that she's she's like, she doesn't know what she's getting into. And like, then as a reader, we find out, wait, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Just by them kissing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like she has no idea. It's like, you know, right. you, you, we are one now. Do you understand? Right. And she's like, I think so. She's like, I don't care as long as I can get grab her ass and take her ass to bed. And Isabel had to, right. <laughs> Isabel had to stop that whole thing and said she has no idea. And she didn't. She oh. had no clue. No. Yeah. No. Okay. And I found the quote. He okay. stroked the pulse of my neck. Yeah, that's just what I read. his hand down to cup. Yeah, but, but the thing is, if this is such a weird description, now stroking the fabric over the sensitive skin between my arm and my heart, that seems like a really weird way to describe nipple. Mm. That's where you're damn close, though, because your, your heart is more towards the middle of your rib cage. It's not all the way over in the side. Right. Huh. I'm just saying. I, don't know. I wasn't it, thinking nipple. <laughs> well, it's neither. It's neither. <laughs> I'm I'm just, well, it, you know, follow, following the instructions that are written. And I'm like, oh, well, wait a well, minute. That's what's there. I realize how her, how are her arms positioned? Were they, I mean, when, when I, maybe I'm just doing this. Maybe it's cause just because I've got old it. saggy something boobs and that's <laughs> where my nipples have just sunk down to. No, I don't know. What? I don't think they'd ever be that high though. Even if you were I young, mean, unless you had some really bad surgery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the half basketballs mounted, bolted yeah. up by the neck bone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it's like the collarbone basketballs. Collarbone basketballs. I mean, think about when someone larger than you hugs you, and your arms curl up like mm-hmm. into your chest. Is, that it was that how her arms were? I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't yeah, think I'm she just had saying it's a really sides. it's a really odd description. Just because I'm thinking is I thought I always thought. I mean, okay, we're in the general vicinity of what Val's saying, but I always thought the heart vein was basically near the aorta, which would have been on the underside of her breast. But I now I'm just being picky so but i think the point is I, valid I still picture, yeah, yeah I, I, picture I always picture the heart vein the pledge of allegiance spot yeah for americans where, that where know that yeah, that's what i picture yeah. me too that's where i i pictured too so that's what got me thinking about that the heart vein so i'll have to look that up and i'll, I'll put it in the show notes as far as the description <laughs> in the book of Sorry. life <laughs> <laughs> how do we do this yeah, because i'm a- <laughs> They talk about the sil- the little sil- the silver scar on the underside of her. Was it on the like, underside or on top? Towards, I thought it was. On yeah, top. I thought it was. I thought it was towards it was the, like towards the mi- middle of her chep- chest, like where the middle like, of your bra would go. Hmm. No, I don't like know. what An- what Angela had said. I-, I pictured it just exactly when you put your hand on your heart that it'd be in that region right there. See, now I'm doing it. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, I did too. You're picturing <laughs> I me. Know. It's like- <laughs> It's like trying. It's like trying to write a sex scene. You you take the Barbie dolls and like, okay, if you do this, how would and this going to work? Yeah, how does this work out? Oh, that's so silly. Yeah, it, yeah, it's probably even sillier when you have to go to Toys R Us and buy one Barbie and three three GI Joes. Oh dear. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Digress. Oh, okay, so, uh, so Isabel writing. Okay, we're, we're oaths and outlaws. Yeah, yep. And then how dare you ask that question? And she tells Diana, you will fight like all the women in the family do. And I, I thought that was great. It was like, yeah, Diana, you know, I'll take you into the family, but don't act crazy. You are going to fight. You are going to use your powers and you're going to, you know, do what you need to do. That was so, another snort. Mm-hmm. That was another snort worthy moment by the way was it do you think <laughs> yeah it, it was it was introduced by an elegant expressive snort oh yeah that's true she's not she's a she's a witch not a human she has stopped behaving like a mm-hmm. human yep very yep. good like angel our discusser mentioned and hamish in chapters before quit protecting your queen and that was brought up here again 
So mm-hmm. you're always protecting your queen. That was good. Oh, I love We had another moment where Diana's like irrationality pops up again. I mean, she was worried about them stealing her research. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm like, God, we're so far past that now. Hello. Yeah. So, no, I agree with that. Got, I mean, she gets a lecture from Isabel about you need to start acting like a witch. And then her comment is, oh, my God. Some, why would somebody be stealing my research? Right. And breaking into Matthew's lab first. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you did not put that put together what's going on yet? Right. Right. With Peter Knox and their reason for going to, to Matthew's yeah. home. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she does kind of dismiss it in the next sentence, but still, it's like... So she said it a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the hair yeah. and nails. The binding spells. I mean, even and- Isabel was like, clearly annoyed. She's like, anyone who's anyone knows that you yeah. get rid of that. Right, right. And then she, she was impressed she, that... Rebecca. She was that. impressed by Rebecca, yes. She shows kind of her knowledge and her fascination with witches a little more. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. and, yeah. and I think at this point, didn't she say, Isabel, I thought you weren't a witch. And she's like, no, I'm not a witch, but I've known many witches. And they'd never, yes. right. they'd never leave their hair and nails out for people. Which is kind of interesting because I saw on Twitter the other day how, how to make a witch bottle, you know, like the old fat and the really old fashioned ones. And it was more tongue in cheek, but it was an old recipe on how to ward off witches. And it was obviously collecting hair and nails and other stuff from witches. You'd put it in a bottle mm-hmm. along with some other charms and you know, build it into the walls of your house. But that is obviously age old practice, not just DNA, which yeah. know, is only modern. Mm-hmm. It has magic. Yep. We learn about the congregation's interest in Ashmole 782. And mm-hmm. they've probably been watching Diana her whole life, which is kind of a revelation. And this is when she goes back in her memories and remembers that she's been followed by demons and stared at by vampires. Yeah. yeah. There is a, a first appearance of Gallo Glass, but that was before we knew it was Gallo Glass. Right. Yeah. But cool. it was neat to have yeah. that revelation. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And then her her telling him about the witch water. And I thought it was fascinating how he could pick up her hands and say, oh, mm-hmm. it came through your hands. And I'm like, wow, that must be some real sensory perception vampires have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on this reread, I didn't exactly remember that he could smell when she wanted to change her mind. I mean, yeah. so he really he really does have these preternatural senses. But what's, and, what's really interesting, and this ties into what we were talking about on our uh, Save It for the Show on the last episode, mm-hmm. is this line about this from a witch who, who could, if she felt like it, read my thoughts as if they were written on a ticker tape. True. That gives me pause. It's like, well, that's funny because we're also fascinated about how just how much a vampire can read from the blood, and then we've got the witch who can just Read it like a ticker tape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Detailed. So yeah. That's, there's something there and I think it may come up in the future. Not, in, oh, and like maybe yeah. in the long, long game future, not in the next couple books, but long game future. Yeah. And then her telling Matthew about Isabeau's song, which he, mm-hmm. you know, thanks his mother, but he doesn't say anything further. And, Diana is really curious as to mm-hmm. where that song started or how come Matthew's not saying anything about oh yeah. you know she used to sing me out yeah, of my rage. she used to sing yeah right but right but isabeau told her more details and she's just waiting for matthew to tell her that and he doesn't he doesn't well, i don't even think he, he asked that much about diana's witch water at least not to my satisfaction no. as a reader i thought and, it was kind of short yeah but what's, yeah. what's really interesting about that whole the whole thing about the singing is like he says once she sang all the time and then she stopped when then we find out she stopped when felice died but then and this isn't in the book but this is something i had found out later on down the line is that one of the three distinct portions of a greek funeral mm-hmm. ceremony service is singing the lamentation yes and down the road when she finally does sing again it's when when she finally accepts that philippe is dead mm-hmm. like freedom in a way. Yeah. I mean, and I yeah. almost I almost wonder if she sings Diana out of her witch water because on some visceral level she realizes that Diana's the one who's taking on the mantle from Philippe and taking everything yeah, forward. Yeah, maybe like a, cha- a changing of the guard type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a that's just the first step is she just sort of in her in her DNA recognizes that she's taking over for Philippe. Yeah. 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 And then it also ties into the whole thing later on about the ghosts and being 
being able to see them when you don't need them anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with Isabeau's song when she started singing again, um, and this is in Shadow of Night when they flash forward and she gets that letter from Beyond the Grave from Philippe. Mm -hmm. I felt like she had closure right then. Yeah. Yes. Which is why she was able to sing the lamentation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I meant. Freedom. Freedom from burden. Yeah. Yes. They wind up back up and after they have their talk with Isabeau, they wind up up in Matthew's study and uh, Diana's trying to probe in his head a little bit. Did you notice that when she's just trying to said yes. invisible fingers are trying yeah. to probe? And yes. Then, and then Matthew's yeah. like, did you say something? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, no, nope. wow. just just using my magic. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm just being a forward girl. Yeah, yeah. So I and think he hopped she... into bed with her, but didn't do anything. Oh, my God. Mm. Do you want the left side or the Again? right? You freaking oh choose. God. I don't you... care. God. Just God. Take your half out Would the middle. Close I don't the deal care. already. <laughs> close the damn deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I first read that, I remember reading it and and saying, when he said, do you want the left side or the right? I was like, yes! But no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Oh my God. No. I'm surprised my eyes did not get stuck in the back of my head. They rolled so hard. It's like, oh really? Already? God. <laughs> no. All right. So. It's never going to happen. <laughs> No, not in this chapter. So that leads us on to chapter 27, where she takes charge. She decides she's going to be in charge of their day. And she wants to go hunting because now that she's gone with Isabel, she feels like she's an expert now or whatever. And says, yeah, let's go and hunting. She up, and she ends up, with a, ends up with a crop in her hand and doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> First, let's talk about Matthew. He's a little bit pissed. A little bit pissed about that. He's always pissy about something. <laughs> He, he took it better than I would expect, though. Really? I mean, he, he was, yeah, I thought he was rigid and he was mad, but he would yeah, get mad was... over a, a, a question in earlier chapters. She just asked him, you know, a simple question, he'd get mad. He was just, I don't know. I, I found it funny, like, he, when he got mad about Isabel, like, oh, really? She took you hunting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she you're going to be able to control your mother. Yeah. Yeah. So much for you no. being the head, vam- head vampire in charge. Yeah. Yeah. No, She's the head no. bitch in charge, which trumps that. But, I mean, I mean, in the end, they they made the barter. She said, "You know, if I if you know about my witch water and I'm dangerous, I could have wiped everyone out with no remorse, just as you can when you hunt. We gotta come to some common ground here. This is yeah. a necessary evil we have to do. I'm just yeah. asking you to let me watch you feed yourself. Is all she she asked, right? Yeah, but then she goes on and it kind of interferes with her mind meld with the stag, which just bothered me a little bit. Because really? let's that- go into that. Why why did it bother you? You feel like it was. Cheating? Because she, I felt like she interfered a little bit. She, she did not stay the strict bystander that she promised she would be. Yeah. I feel like it was almost like a blessing for the sacrifice, kind of like how Philippe well, yeah. gave his blessing yeah, that's when the true. stag showed up. That's true, too. But on the other hand, it was kind of like there's just this little touch of manipulation on her part with Matthew, which just sometimes, yeah. it bo- sometimes it bothers me, sometimes it doesn't. I didn't even see but, it like that at all. I saw her as bringing comfort to the deer. Yeah, but it didn't make sense because she's like, well, he doesn't mean to harm you. He just mean- needs to feed himself. I'm like, well, everyone needs to feed himself. The, yeah. d- the <laughs> I mean, it's predator and You're prey. still a victim. You don't, need yeah. to, you don't need to tell the deer that, oh, well, it's okay. He just wants to feed off. He was like, well, yeah, I know that, but I still want to stay alive. That doesn't yeah. make it any better. I'm going to still yeah. die. Yeah. I just saw it as she had, or we, we saw with her hunting session in um, with Isabeau, she had an affinity for the deer. Always, always with yeah, the deer. Yeah, but she did not. She did not do that with the deer with Isabeau, though. But, but okay. I'm just saying, because it's like, Isabeau, like you said, did, with a... Isabel did, didn't did wind up eating something? that deer. Yeah, Isabel didn't wind up eating that deer, though. She left it. Yeah, but she didn't But she didn't feel the need to interfere with any of the other animals, either. No, just the deer. I guess, yeah, and I'm just saying, and it's on the, on the heels, you know, this is like fast on the heels of her kind of tickling his brain and him going, oh, did you say something? Right. You know what I found interesting? The perspective, the POV of this, because... Either Diana is incredibly gifted at her perception or it, I was surprised. I was reading it. I'm like, is this in like a narrator's observing this or is this Diana? But it's Diana. But she could see when Matthew's pupils opened. She could see when a fox stuck her head out of its hole. She could see. I mean, it was almost like 
like preternatural senses. So I didn't know if that was on this read part of her gifts that are manifesting. Right. Yeah, it's almost like part of it's like she she's watching through Matthew's eyes. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, I was it's thinking. It's kind of an kind of an odd odd POV. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, she she could she's like he could sense when the wind changed. I mean, it was really detailed. Yeah, it was an odd POV. For the reader, I mean, I appreciate it. I didn't care who was really observing it. I was glad I was getting the details, but I was just surprised that it was her. Right. Yeah. It was like she was channeling him for lack of a yeah. better description. No, that's exactly. That's a good right. way to put it. Right. And this read, I was really surprised because Matthew said, ride straight back to Mart. And I'm like, Mart be, Mart is obviously something extremely special because he, not that he doesn't trust Isabel, but he knows that Mart is solid. If she, Diana's in trouble because I'm on her, in pursuit of yeah. her, Mart is going to take care of the situation. She's, she's, she's solid. Right. And it just intrigues me more about Mart's role, where she comes from and uh, her role in the family. And she doesn't play around. And then the other thing was too, before we move on from the hunting part, to, was the whole, when Matthew was talking about how sex and survival are intertwined and how Diana finally dawns on her about the whole, geez, I finally get why he doesn't necessarily want me coming hunting with her. Coming hunting with him, excuse me. Right, 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 right. It was like a light bulb went on with her. So they had a a convo about having kids. What did you guys think about the conversation about children? And it is revealed that Marcus is one of his children. I guess I was, as a reader, my first time through, I wasn't so surprised about Marcus. No? I mean, because we, yeah, I mean. I was surprised. I was, yeah. I was kind of like, really? Marcus? And then I started thinking about Miriam. I wonder if she is too, but, you know, we find out later that no. But yeah, I was like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, well, I, that was, I was really amused when we found out that Miriam was older than he was. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the book, I wasn't surprised about Marcus because we knew Marcus ahead of time um, yeah. in earlier chapters. But when we found out at that moment, I was surprised that Marcus was one of, one of his children. Or I thought at that point, yes. maybe he was his only child. I don't mm-hmm. even know why I thought that. But in this chapter, no, I, I, realized, yeah, I, did too. Yeah, I realized that there was a possibility that there were many children that she wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. So, because he's like, you you met one. (laughs) I'm like, one? (laughs) (laughs) How many are there? (laughs) No, and that's that was my feeling too. Like, at first I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Like, maybe he's the only one. Oh my gosh, he's probably not the only one. (laughs) Wow. Right, and Diana's all for it. She's like, you can make children. We can adopt children, whatever. We can have lots of children. I'm like... (laughs) Wow, she's really talking about children when it didn't seem she did not strike me earlier as a person who would embrace motherly type. Yes, yes, yes. I would agree. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I met this guy two weeks ago. I want to have his babies. Kind of strange. (laughs) All the sex and babies with this guy. Thanks. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Maybe she was just trying to lure him. (laughs) Let's (laughs) try to accomplish. Yeah, let's 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 practice. She's trying to get some of that magic vampire penis. Yeah. <laughs> the MVP. Gene, you're on a roll today. What's going on? <laughs> oh, it's a good thing we're marked explicit. My God, know thyself. I know. I'm not, yes. It's the cha- I blame the chapters. Yeah, it is the chapters. Okay, so uh, they head back to the house after hunting and talking about children and being all huggy and you and me against the world and Diana walking <laughs> home and saying, declaring Septor's home. Which was, you know, pretty wild. Yeah. We're like, oh, you've been here for a few days and it's home. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I I thought everything was so rushed and and accelerated when I first read it. But now I understand the urgency of them getting together. Right. And then, and then, yeah, we open up chapter 28 and we find out about Gerbert. Gerbert. Mm. (laughs) Housekeeper's room. And Mart informs Matthew and Diana that Isabeau went to go clean. The woods, the hills, the caves, looking for Gerbert and Domenico. And we learn Gerbert's... Mostly Gerbert. Yep. Gerbert's identity as the 10th century pope. 
Was that uh, Pope Sylvester? Yeah, yep, Pope. Pope Sylvester with the uh, brass head. With the brass head that talks. Kind of like the one that Roger Bacon had. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's funny. This is just a little side note, but it. Um, I remember Deb commenting one time that she enjoys teaching about Gerbert, Pope Sylvester II, because in her classes she teaches about the good things that he does, because he's really a, a pioneer in a lot of things in, in math and, and all that kind of stuff. But in the book, she made him a more sinister character. So it's she uh-huh. likes... She I like being able to play the both sides, which I thought was cool that there is a good side to him that she teaches about. Yeah, I feel like that's most people, though. And a lot of time in history books, we'll only read about the good and we won't hear about the more more sinister or depends. Mm-hmm. Depends on who's writing yeah. the history book and who what the history is for. Sometimes you're going to paint the other side as more sinister. That's why uh, well, this is very off topic, but we we have an affinity for the Disney villain witches because we never heard their side of the story who knows <laughs> you know <laughs> well actually there, there there is um by melissa de la cruz she writes a children's series or a middle grade series and it's all about their families and how they're misunderstood and it, it, it gives it sheds them in a, in a positive a positive light so yeah. i don't know yeah. even if i didn't hear that i still would like them anyways that's right kind of like wicked wicked exactly yeah. um it shows why she's like that and maybe you heard one side of the story but you didn't hear the other so hearing about Gerber and the fact that he was a pope and the fact that he's a bad guy in this series was kind of whoa for Diana everything she probably read what what she's hearing now is probably contrary to everything she studied and then we find out they're married what that surprised yeah, me called her wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> And he's just casual about it. He's like, uh, Isabella doesn't need to help me control my wife. It's like, whoa, what? You're married? Oh, I'm I'm her? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the notice. Yeah. What was your reaction? She took it very well. I'm not sure I would have been so okay with it. Oh, the, the side eye would have been epic. Yeah. It's like, really? Right. And then what Isabel said would have made a lot of sense where she's like, she has no idea. And apparently, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she has no problem. So, uh, yeah, they, we find out they're married and then they go to the study and discuss more philosophical things. And she's looking at books and then she wants to take a bath and he interrupts her bath taking and says, come to bed. Yay. Or sort of yay. <laughs> ish. Ish. Yay ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't read it on the, on the first read. I didn't take it as like he was telling her what to do and when to do it. But now he, hearing it again, I'm like, geez, he's really like giving her the runaround. Like, what side of the bed you want? Now come to bed. Now let's not do anything. Let's do something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <it's>, he, <laughs> I'm going to walk in on your bath and get you all hot and bothered. And then, you know, yeah. only go to only get to third base. <laughs> what the hell? Close the deal. Oh, my God. Well, he did close the deal no, somewhat. No, he did Well, okay. Third okay. base. Okay. Third base. Well, she was satisfied with that, apparently. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, but then again. Well, it certainly got him sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> she put him to sleep. There you go. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. No, I, I meant it complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> he was exhausted afterwards. Well, I mean, the conversations they had and then, you know, we see Matthew's battle scars for the first time. Yes. And oh, uh, yes. that- I felt for Matthew. I, I I don't know. I felt um, not emotional, but just, I guess, maybe empathy. Like, Jesus, guy's been through a lot. You know, you can see. Yeah. Almost like sensing that he was a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. The palimpsest part and the part about Arthur and Catherine of Aragon, I, th- yeah, I'm a nerd. I thought that was more interesting than the actual bundling stuff. <laughs> That's just- I kind of was thinking that. I mean, I, I liked the bundling scene in the first read, but now this read, I'm like, yeah, it was an interesting history lesson. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. At the end of that, where she's pretty much saying, I rather have spent one night with you than a whole lifetime with someone else. And he's talking about, you know, I feel 37 now. And that got me really curious as to, I was mm-hmm. like, when you go, I will, and my life will end. And I'm yeah. thinking, is he thinking literally? 
really? Or because we already know his history with jumping yeah. off of shit. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I'm like, how is he going to end it? And I was scared that after Diana yeah, went, he, he'd kill himself. And can vampires end it? I mean, is he going to walk yeah. in the fire like Cecilia? That's right. kind I of mean, like, we, gruesome. We still don't know, but I find it curious that it matches with Deb's playlist song, Death Cab for Cutie, Follow You Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to those lyrics, it pretty much mimics what he's saying. Yeah. Or, or what we're thinking. Right. Yeah. We'll see. After she said she's only going to be around for a few more decades, he says, we'll see. And I'm like, oh, man, dude's uh-huh. going to kill himself. He's going to have to be serious about it this time because he won't die as easy as he did last time. And even then he survived that. So... I don't know. And then yeah. she wakes wakes up and finds Matthew snoring. And um, I was like, that's cute. He's snoring. He, he knocked Aww. her out, like you said, Jean. <laughs> she knocked him out good. <laughs> God. Um, and then later on, we find out. I will out, just shut. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> no, no, just, say it. Finish I'll your just thought. Leave that alone. <laughs> it's better that I just leave it alone. Okay. 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 <laughs> And um, after all that, she said she decides to go outside. And me, I'm like, huh? Is that really your first thought ag- when you want to go outside? I'm getting agitated already. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting agitated already. I'm just getting – my whole thought was, wait a minute. This is going to be a really stupid move on her part. Yeah. It's like, why oh, – okay. After a night of just whatever why? bliss – Whatever bliss. Maybe you get up and get yeah. some water. Maybe you get up, you know, go get to the bathroom. And pee. Get up and pee, right? Or yeah. maybe a snack. But get up and go outside would never occur to me. So I'm gonna I, go out and wander <laughs> around the garden in the middle of the Did dawn. It, and didn't they explicitly say do not go outside? Well, I thought I, there was an explicit sentence said, that outside, said outside don't of leave. the grounds. Don't leave the grounds. Yeah. But she was technically oh. in the grounds. I just don't think they anticipated what happened. Yeah. She walked out to the kitchen garden. Yeah. First with the crop that she was going to toss it after they were riding. And then now this. I think Diana is my daughter. Honestly, (laughs) I like. (laughs) And it's not a good thing. (laughs) And you are Sarah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I know. Exactly. I'm like, I see this now. (laughs) Why the hell would you do that? Why? All comes clear. Yes. No, but seriously, on on first read, this is the first time I really got upset. I'm like, why would you do that? They said not to do that. Yeah. Don't go walking. Everyone's hunting you. Right. You know, and I I didn't expect it to be what it was, but I just thought, just please stay in. You're in a fortress with protection. With a couple, with three vampires. They're watching over you. Yes. And you're going to step outside. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It was uh, something. (laughs) 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 So she goes walking out in the gardens and whoosh. And that ends this chapter. And we go to chapter 29. Well, the interesting thing is she goes whoosh is... She drops the apple out of her hand Mm -hmm. into a pile of rue. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing about rue is it was always planted all the way around the Temple of Mars, the god of war. And an an apple was the start of the Trojan War, which we later find out was actually a myth that came up around the Vampire Wars. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll visit that some more later, folks. Okay. Wow. It kind of threw me a little bit. I was like, whoa, okay. So a lot of symbolism happening here yes and the rue is also in the tea in in that damn tea yeah Mm -hmm. so uh chapter 29 we meet satu she flies yes first time we see a witch fly we've heard him talk about it but and diana kind Uh of floated i don't care what anybody said during that dance she was just kind of floating to me flying is active you you actively take off and fly, right? And you can control right. where you're going. Flying right. is just sort of like... Da, 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 da. Passively floating flying around. Is, flying yes. is towards the end of the book. Right. So yes. Satu flies, and this is the first time we see a witch do that. And mm-hmm. uh, Satu flies her to this place. I mean, flies her rather far to this place um, that uh, she describes as this castle that was once a castle, but now it's kind of in ruins. Takes her there, it dumps kinda, her off. <laughs> God. It makes me think of uh, Sleeping Beauty and the ruined castle where everybody's fallen asleep because of the curse. Right. In a way. Kind of. Oh, and, and which is also interesting because Satu's name is Finnish for fairy tale. Yeah. It's perfect. 
It's perfect. And in a sadistic way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and which, will, which will also come into play later on down the line as well. You know, it's funny when we meet Satu, I, I wasn't, um, at first I was kind of, before she got all sadistic, I, I was kind of like, well, maybe listen to her. Maybe she's going to tell you impart some wisdom. And she does. She reveals a whole lot of things that Diana wasn't aware of. But then the torture started and I was like, oh, okay, this chick, now she can go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. She and wasn't she, there as a, as a bringer of wisdom. No, I mean, she brought some wisdom with a side, you know, with a side of, you know, whip ass. God, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> with a side of, with a side of sizzling flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? And, oh, and she meets Gerber and Gerber brings up yeah. uh, Mary Diana, which is the, uh, according to what you read in Wikipedia, is uh, the demon that Gerber consults with as far as in interpreting what the head says and what some of the mm-hmm. one some of his magical books say so Mary Diana is the witch that he consults well no how it's described in the history books is the demon that he consults yes. and he supposedly he supposedly made a deal with her the deal with the devil to make him pope was part yeah. of it too so knowing what we know hmm. about Gerbera I wonder who the devil was the deal with the devil yes. to make him pope so who was actually the devil it's probably someone right. we know Vlad Tempest what if we I don't think it was Philippe no oh mm-hmm. hell no and uh she finds out so uh I was telling you about Satu imparting some wisdom she tells her that Matthew's been stalking her and um so I'm wondering at this point when I'm reading this was it Jillian that was reporting back to her what was Jillian doing? He was, she was just kind of, I feel like she was a messenger of some kind for Peter Knox and the people in the congregation. Did you guys yeah. get that impression? Yeah, I did. Especially when we found out that her mother was a member of the congregation at one point in time, according to M. Right. Barbara. Was Barbara a member? I'm not sure. That was, I think that's what M said. Hmm. I, I remember know M her also no- alluded to dating her. <laughs> right, right. I know. I do remember mentoring Barbara as far as yeah, but I don't remember the congregation thing. I'll have to look look at that. Yeah, and she, but because she also made a comment. I think she made a comment about Jillian being ambitious. Yes, yeah, yeah she did. Yes. Um. So the stalking, and then she finds out uh, what tasting a vampire's blood would do to her and she remembered tasting the salt on the plane on the way over to France so she was probably mm-hmm. starting to have all kinds of bad thoughts about Matthew it's like oh right, wait doubts. wait yeah. did he trick me he, I thought I was thinking that too I thought I did take into consideration you know some it put suspicion in mind because I thought oh my gosh what a twist that would be if he really is playing her yeah that'd be a long yeah. game play holy <laughs> <laughs> No wonder he didn't sleep with her, jerk. Yeah. (laughs) No consummation for you. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe that's why he didn't sleep with her. What a jerk. But then I started thinking practically like you did in earlier chapters. I was like, but there's Shadow of Night, so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had that thought. And then when Satu brought up the whole, well, we're sisters, I'm like, oh, this bitch is going to cause problems. Yeah. 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 I did think that. That, Reminiscent that whole of thing Jillian. Is, yes, <laughs> and that didn't end well at all. It didn't end well because Diana's just started getting how witches can't lie to each other. Diana started getting all kinds of warning bells about Satu's lying. Yes. And yeah. she just realized mm-hmm. that, yeah, Satu's not, not the deal. Matthew was being sincere. He just didn't tell her some stuff, but he'll she'll yeah. deal with that later. So the Obliette getting dumped in the Obliette with all those ghosts in witness was oh, yeah. something to me. I, it, was, it was trippy. Yeah. The whole, yeah. The whole thing was like <laughs> kind of sorted out. Yeah. God. I And I, I at, at that point, I didn't know what she if she was seeing, if, you know, between worlds. I didn't I had no I didn't even think that because I, I would be too it? far ahead of myself. But yeah. I thought is she under duress that she's hallucinating is she really seeing stuff is it magic what is it is it magic is it ghosts is it a dream right right is it a hallucination and more of that tree symbolism where the roots of the tree is just kind of growing up underneath the stone and coming out at her and it It, it was like almost protective yeah satu doesn't even see it but diana can see it right and uh she hears her mother 
you know, telling her to be strong. And <laughs> then she got dumped in the oubliette. And I was like, I didn't even know there was such a thing as an oubliette. What the hell? So I looked it up and I was like, a big hole uh-huh. people dump people yep. in. Holy crap. The, yes. The place of forgetting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, I was like, wow. When I saw that meeting, I'm like, wow, that's pretty ominous and just yeah. awful. And why would you want that in your house, though? If you're a, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a castle owner, you're going to up my house. <laughs> Wouldn't you, put, that that sure? right. Wouldn't you dig a hole is that outside? Li- <laughs> is it listed on the MLS for the... for the Right. Sheriff would take right. a look. Yeah. Comes completely well, with funny. an oubliette. Oubliette mean, <laughs> means to forget in French. Oubliette is obviously like... But you think of et as a cuter, like a, a kitchenette, a masonette, yes. not an oubliette, like, oh, that's so hilarious that you get to forget someone there. Yeah. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> oh, seven bathrooms and an oubliette. <laughs> <laughs> <Is that okay>? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, a little bit of uh, education for me. I'd never, you know, try to pronounce yeah. that in French. Oubliette. Is that what you said? Oubliette? Yes. I feel feel phony. So excuse me. It's going to come out oubliette. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it is. It is oubliette. Oublier is the verb to forget. Ah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But but even so, even though I knew what that meant, I didn't know what an oubliette was. It's I mean, that's something I come across every day. A little place to forget. Uncle Mor- Does Uncle Morgan have an oubliette at headquarters? <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's you wish you had possible. one sometimes. Yes, yes, I do for myself. Right. Yeah. So I was gonna say, I'm sure there were a couple people that you'd like to throw in the oubliette. Uh, yes, exactly. A kitchenette and an oubliette, <laughs> completely equipped. <laughs> yes. So, what did you guys think of the visit from her mother and her father and the stories? I thought it was I thought it was strange that Stephen didn't really say anything. Yeah, I did too. He was there, but he didn't say a lot. And I couldn't I couldn't make out the story either. I didn't know. I was confused. Yeah, I was I was stuck on the whole apple tree and the roots surrounding and kind of protecting Diana. Right. The the, the root system was what kind of I was it, couldn't get past uh, that. It threw me. Because I'm thinking, okay, these people are dead, so are they alive in some realm or another and can still perform magic? Or is this just echoes of themselves telling them, telling Diana, giving Diana instruction? It's another circular thought where it's like, um... I don't know how to even take this. Yeah. Is, are these ghosts right. that can do things or do they still exist in this form? Or are they, uh, yeah, all these existential questions <laughs> came up. So I, right. yeah. well, right. I didn't pay too close Look, attention. I agree. Yeah. Well, here's something to throw in, throw into the mix with what you just said. In Celtic mythology, the apple, tr- apple tree and well, in, and Welsh, it's an emblem of fertility and sometimes a mean to immortality. Hmm. It means to immortality. So there you go. And here's another interesting thing. The Celts buried apples with the dead. Wow. Hmm. And then there's also, we also find out later on there were apple, there's an apple orchard behind the house in Madison. Right. Where Juliet met her and. Yes, that's true. Mm. Well, close to it. I don't know that it was in the orchard itself, but. What did you guys think about all the other ghosts? I mean, and, and the identities of them. I didn't think very much on first read. Not at all. No, I didn't either. I, like I said, I, I was hazy on what was even going Yeah, it was, is this real or is this something I should pay attention on? So I Mm -hmm. took it all at face value. Well, I was also wondering, not knowing a lot about the oubliette, about whether it had some sort of magic that once you did die, it trapped trapped you there, that you couldn't go on to the next realm. And that's why there were so many ghosts. Hmm. It was like an eternal trap, not just a mortal trap. And I'm thinking just now, I'm like, what brought this on? That Diana could all of a sudden see the ghost and see, but I mean, I guess she could. Well, she saw him at the bishop house, but was that did that always happen? I didn't hear of it happening before this experience. No, and the other thing I thought was weird is she, it seemed like she saw them and Satu didn't. Right. Which at this point I thought Satu was a very talented, experienced witch, witch. and I thought I thought may, maybe it was the pain that was inducing the visions oh, or yeah. something. I don't know, but I, I was surprised that Satu couldn't see him because I thought she was light light years ahead of Diana as far as magic. Right. Yeah, and or then use the dis- of magic. The description of like the tiny bits of phosphorescence 
moving through the air. Yeah. And Diana, you know, it sounded like Diana was half asleep and maybe even dreaming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll find out later where Mart's like, she's, or uh, Emily says later in later chapters, she's, I, I know she's in pain, but I know she's not in this world right now, mm-hmm. which kind of gave me a clue later on. But when I'm reading this chapter, later on, yeah, right. when yeah. I'm reading this chapter now, I'm like, is she experiencing this in real time? Time, what is really going on? So, well, and the, and then as it keeps going on, it's like then she starts repeating the Aurora Consurgis at the end about mediating the elements and bringing them into agreement. It's almost like she's saying a spell, right? Right. Like she's she's summoning all of the elements. <laughs> it's like to save her. It's almost like an instinctive act of a weaver. And you know, she then she says, realize it yet. "Who dare takes me from my love?" And I'm like, "Okay, what what's going on here?" Our love is strong as stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think we said this in another episode, but it's almost like when you forget, when you let go, when you just let yourself meditate and be in a mm-hmm. different plane, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then she gets the story from her parents. The story. The whole dream about being seven years old. Right. And then how she has to keep her secrets from everybody. And then Diana says, well, do you have secrets? She's like, I've got, you're, you're my biggest secret. Mm-hmm. And that, I was completely touched by that. Yeah. I love that part said yeah. you're my biggest secret so that was it i mean and then the hands the handsome prince who lived in the shadows between sunset and moonrise i like that too yeah yeah, yeah. then it then it hit me this was all preordained this is yeah. everybody it's knew. destiny it's like rebecca saw all of this happening and they it kind of made it in my head i we never did find out why they went to nigeria what specifically i'd love to know that story what was in mm-hmm. nigeria specifically but i think fig- we figured out in this chapter that this was the plan this was the plan all along her and matthew being together so at that point she mm-hmm. kind of knew in her otherworldly sense <laughs> of things so yeah uh-huh. I, this is, I found this to be a good informative chapter as far as witches' powers because we had never seen powers like that, like from Satu. Yes. It was a great demonstration of their powers. It's, it's a heavy chapter. I mean, as much as I was confused and trying to make heads and tails and figure out the imagery, it tells you so much. It does. It does. And the imagery is beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. This is definitely a scene they cannot cut. <laughs> Right. I, I was just thinking that I'm like, I cannot wait to see the magic of TV playing out the scene. How they handle oh, yeah. this. It could be so elegant. It, it could be. I mean, <laughs> torture being elegant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, I'm talking about the dr- as she's dreaming. Yeah, she's the dream dreaming. Sequence. Yeah, yeah. That that would be definitely element. So that's uh, what I'm talking elegant. about. Yeah, that ends chapter 29 and ends this discussion. I think we have housekeeping. Of course we do. Of course we do. Housekeeping. Oh, I do have one from Wendy. Actually, Wendy's is on our prior episode on Philippe. Uh, on to Philippe. When we first met Philippe and Son, my impression was of a mean, self-important control freak. When we got to know him more through the book, I realized that my initial impression was too narrow. He was a control freak, but not mean, just protective. He was ultimately focused on ensuring the well-being, if not happiness, of his family. He was a complete contradiction in that he had a huge capacity for fun and love for his family, but could also be ruthless and demanding with them. Having said that, the scene when he sends Diana and Matthew off to London by riding along the ridge was heartbreaking. Philippe is one of those characters that makes you change your mind about him in each chapter. Ultimately, I think he was the father that Diana needed and son before they went to London. He ensured that she had the strength and skills she needed to survive and learn in London. And that's from Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Um, I have an iTunes review. It was a really good one. Okay, so the new iTunes review is from Fanfic 2015 in Canada. Our second one from Canada. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Fanfic 2015 in Canada says, 
If you are a fan of Deborah Harkness's All Souls trilogy, you will love this podcast. The demons discuss the characters, story, location, and anything else that comes to mind in a funny, thought-provoking way. They spend time on the details without getting too deep in the minutiae. Thank the goddess. The topics <laughs> and different takes of the stories don't just help understand the books. They also make you think about them in different ways. I can't wait to listen to each new podcast episode when it's released. I highly recommend this podcast to all fans and readers of this trilogy. And that was from Fanfic 2015 in Canada. Thank you, our another friend from the Thank North. You. That was great. Um, that 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 made my day and I it was on a high for like days. So thank you so much. It means a lot. Oh. Yeah. If we were to write a mission statement, it would be based on this review. Honestly, it's everything we try to do. Yeah. She's, she says we do. So it's touching, very touching. Thank you so yes. much. And we don't always know when we get iTunes reviews from around the world because of course we're in the U.S. and we only see the iTunes from the U.S. Unless you switch regions, we wouldn't know if somebody from the U.K. or Canada or anyone else was sending us a review. So we subscribe to a service that lets us know. What I found myself doing this time is I switched regions on my iTunes to make sure these were real. You know, I was like, yeah. wait a minute, are we really getting good reviews like this? And I, 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 I clicked to Canada and I saw that we had two from the Canadians, our friends to the north. So yeah, it was great. Yep. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So if you like what you're hearing, audience, send us a review. We'd love it. Are, or not. You don't have to, but we appreciate it. We, we appreciate everything we can get because it helps people find us. It iTunes tends to point people towards the subscribed and the reviewed podcast. So the fact that we're getting a lot more reviews now really helps us out and it's helping us grow. So I can't thank you And we you really guys appreciate it. We definitely appreciate yep. it. We do have a save it for the show for this episode. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. We can't keep track of all the save it's for the shows. I know. All right. So the save it for the show. In this save it for the show, we caught ourselves discussing a post in a Facebook group. We stopped ourselves to save it for the show. I'll throw it to Jean to start us off because it's more of that doormat talk we were referring to in Take 18 about Matthew's treatment of Diana. So Jean, you go. Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Oh, man. So Somebody really hated Matthew. Mm. Oh, it was he was a chauvinist. He was dumb. I mean, there was stuff in the stuff in this post that didn't even happen in the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, down to the fact that this person was concerned about his dominant sex positions. It's like, where the hell did you get that from? <laughs> Whoa. Apparently she didn't like the way he finally consummated the marriage. Wow. This, then if that's the case, it doesn't seem like it's the book for you. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, no. She was basically, I think she was looking to, to make her point about feminism and basically shit stir is mm. what was going on. Mm. So every fandom has their troll and we found one on this one. And, and to address it on a more intellectual level, the person had their agenda as far as feminism and chauvinistic behavior and refused to recognize the transposition of uh, medieval behavior in to modern day Western European ideas, basically. It's like she was expecting him to act like Alan Alda when he was born in 580. No. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, when you shared that with us and we started talking about it, immediately I got the impression that this person has not been in the workforce, um, has not dealt with... I would with, agree. Has, I mean, maybe in the workforce, but not dealt with some of the personalities that you deal with being in the workforce, working for a corporation, or for me at the time, uh, or still now, the military. working in the military and the attitudes that go around with it. And it doesn't make you less feminist to work your way around these attitudes because there's no way you're going to abolish it. It's too big. It's bigger than us. No. So if you work your way around these attitudes, it doesn't make anybody less feminist. I and guess that's my point. it doesn't mean point. you're acquiescing. Yes, mm -mm. because uh, there are plenty 
plenty of times where I'm just like, all right, dude. Well, and, then, <laughs> and the other thing, uh, the other thing that I took away from it all is it's like, well, the sole, sole impetus for each and every one of these behaviors that were teased out on her grocery list were because he had no respect for women. Hmm. And I'm sorry, this is Isabeau's son. She would have knocked him into next week. And that would have been before Philippe got to him. Right, right, right. He had, I mean, he had a lot of kind of rude, annoying behaviors, but I don't think... a single one of them was because, well, I think you're a woman and you're less than. And you're inferior. Yes. None of it was because yeah. of that. It's just because he was Matthew. I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's like Isabel runs things. She runs things her way and she lets the men think they're getting their way. Meanwhile, she is running the whole thing. I've always held that in Which my heart. Which is something that's gone on for a millennia. Millennia. And it's not so, just vamp. It's not vampires. Women do that. So would you call Isabel a Mary Sue? I mean, no, absolutely not. No, No, uh -uh. but she sees what she's working with and works around it or with it or whatever she needs to Uh do. So yeah, I I found that a little naive and somebody fresh out of college. (laughs) That's what it read like somebody fresh out of school, because my daughter says things like that all the time. It's like, well, you know, totally patriarchal. I'm like, okay, welcome to the world. Where have you been? <laughs> As I say, at that age, you have everything figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that I found annoying in this particular instance is they were inventing incidents to support this construct. Yeah, and they had a whole motivation. You know, reading, reading things into the text that didn't happen. Right. You know, that that he was telling her she couldn't have it, you know, couldn't be a, a mother and have her career and everything else and trying to torpedo her career and da 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 and it's like, whoa, 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 wait, where did where did any of this happen in the book? He never told her he couldn't. Yeah. Did did, yeah. did she read all the way to the end? Look at how Book of Life ends. I mean, oh, I know. It's... <laughs> She's in charge of the whole damn thing. Right, right, right. No, I mean, Matthew never told her that. And how I read that was Matthew assumed that she's having kids that maybe she'd take less of a role. He assumed that because of what he's known from his life. However, when she corrects him, he never turns around and says, no, you can't. He's like, huh? Well, I never, that never even occurred to him. You know, (laughs) I don't know. Well, to me, it's like, I almost thought that Matthew was being even more enlightened because he's, he had gotten to the stage where, I mean, it used to, the, the, the feminist view was women can have it all. Yeah. And and that's what you should strive for. But now the truly enlightened view is, well, if you want all of it, you can have it. But you're not less than if you only want some of it. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's the that's whole attitude of, well, you're less than because you're a stay at home mom. Well, no, you're not. You can be just as much of a feminist as a stay-at-home mom as a childless career woman. And I think the perspective of this poster, as you said, was young and naive and and probably isn't hasn't been married and doesn't have kids and hasn't worked in a professional capacity and tried to juggle all those things and realize there's no shame in being able to say is, I can't do every single one of these things. Do you know, um, that was one of my realizations coming up as a mother a young mother at 25, 26, 27. I think at 27 or 28 when I had two kids at home and I had a full-blown career and I was always told by my mother or it was implied, you can do everything. You can do, you can have it all. I was raised in the 70s and 80s and it was pumped in young ladies' heads like us <laughs> that you can yeah. do, you can do it all. And I remember Bring thinking- Bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. Exactly. I remember thinking yeah. to myself- <laughs> <laughs> at 28 with a young child at home and a, a, a somebody getting ready and another child getting ready to go into kindergarten saying I really don't want it all <laughs> this is this is some of it back this, please this is a joke and then after working a 12 hour midshift and after you know it's like uh and then t- managing the babysitters and it's exhausting so it's okay with not wanting it all you know it, it's okay it doesn't make you less feminist. Yeah. So yes. I, I don't. I it, Super women, uh, that's a bad myth. It doesn't exist. Yes. <laughs> Something's got to give. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, my last thought on that. Save it for and, the and, show. Well, <laughs> and my last thought is, is just because just because a man is protective and a man is trying to save you from your own stupidity doesn't make him a chauvinist who thinks you're stupid. Sometimes you're doing stupid things. Yeah. And it's not because you have a vagina. Right. 
and she'll do the same thing for him when he's doing stupid oh, yeah. things. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. It has nothing to do with yeah. the sex. Stupidity knows no gender. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was save it for the show for this episode. So uh, we'll take a break. And after we come back, last thoughts, last thoughts and things. We're off our soapbox. Yeah, we'll be done with that. Listeners, you can find this show wherever it is you like to listen to your favorite podcast shows. Apple Podcast users, we'd love it if you've left us a five-star rating and a review that helps us get found. Also, if you have some like-minded people around you, tell a friend. Tell them about us. Give the gift of demons. Follow us on social media. We are Demons Domain or Demons Discuss. Email us directly. We are at DemonsDiscuss at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. Now, there's two ways you can do that. Give us a call at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe, and that is speakpipe.com slash DemonsDiscuss. Now, if you want to participate in our episodes, you can become a discusser and how you do that. You go to DemonsDiscuss.com. Dot com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, put your name and email address in there. Then there's that spammer code. So be sure to fill that out Then click submit. And that's it. You become a discusser and we'll send you emails once or twice a month. And then you can participate in each show. One last thought and I'll let you be. Visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing is going to be found on that website. Giveaways, articles, news, see Angela's adventures in the All Souls universe. She's got many. We can't wait to hear from you. See you on the internet. I can't let go and it's a good thing of all the positivity we're receiving from our listener population. The feedback, it totally makes my day. Um, when we release an episode and we get a good review or a good tweet or Instagram comment or whatever. So I appreciate our listeners and our discussers and um, I can't let go of it. I'm, I'm, it's fueling me. Keeping us going. That's great. I know. I can't let go about how weird it is that I don't know, kind of like being recognized out in social media. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It's kind of like people are like, hey, you know, th- bring it up your name. Like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's weird. I'm, I'm just hanging out doing my thing. It's like, I, I don't feel like I don't feel like we have followers. I feel like we've got fr- th- friends and it's just starting to get so big now. Yeah. It's odd. It is kind of odd. I, I thought, well, I, I guess I've had another um, iteration of this before. Prior when I was doing graphic design, I belong to a graphic design community. So I would put things out and people would recognize it. It's like, oh, no, Valerie did that. And I'd be like, whoa, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh-huh. People know who I am. But you still have the nicety of being anonymous behind the screen. So it's like, it's weird. It's kind of like internet famous a little bit but not really just amongst that community. So you're yeah. not really internet famous like how you get internet famous now you know when something goes viral yeah, that's I don't how, have yeah <laughs> we yeah, don't have no. that no, no but he, god no it's just like even yeah it's just weird it is weird somewhat it's flattering but it's weird mm-hmm. I still think of it as just the, the original 10 listeners we had and that's I don't yes. allow myself to go beyond that <laughs> yeah, I have to think about it that way otherwise I wouldn't be able to uh, just talk I don't think I, I have a problem with public speaking I really do I mean if I'm comfortable with my material and I'm comfortable with the people around me I'm fine but if I were to just pick a topic and speak in front of a bunch of people on it um no, it, it wouldn't be good. I don't think. It'd be very strange. No. And I do briefings twice a week with about 100 pilots sitting in the room, but it's the same stuff every time. And I know it like the back of my hand and they know it's just, oh, it's just Miss Valerie coming out to lecture us on how not to be unsafe when I'm flying, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I come off just work. I I just come off like the school marm there, but just having a discussion, it's very, uh, it's a different experience. So, yeah, I think uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was our growth. So it's in line with yours. Our growth has been crazy. So I've been just peeking at the stats, and I'm like, okay, close it, close it, close it. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys, it's like, okay, so we had this many downloads, and then you guys are like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> Maybe I'll stop doing that. I'm like, who are those people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to freak anybody out. Um, yeah. 
the reviews, everything. So I guess it's a good time to... Jean, did you do your last thought? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I did because I'm like uncomfortable with the fact that people listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my last thought. I'm kind of shy. I'm oddly shy. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll throw out some gratitude for this episode. So thank you, Kate, Patricia, Root, Stephen. And is it Root? And it's Rute. How do you say it, Angela? I don't know. <laughs> Come to Speakpipe, Root or Rute, and please tell us. Please tell us how you say your name. Okay, so Kate, Patricia, Root or Rute, uh, Stephen, and Angela. Thank you. Our friend to the north who gave us our second Canadian review. Thank you. We love you guys. Thank you, everyone, so, so much. So let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Demon kiss. <laughs> we'll talk to you next episode, guys. Bye. Wendy. Oh my goodness, Wendy, I forgot you. Gratitude goes to Wendy, our discusser, who I totally overlooked. So there's that. Another thing I overlooked, All Souls Con. It's getting really close, people. Buy your tickets, allsoulscon.org slash tickets. You come see us. We'll be there. Also, if you can't make it to New Orleans, register anyway. You'll be able to live stream it. Courtesy Penguin Books. Okay, I think I got everything this time. Yeah.